Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. Well now, many people who are in earnest about their life journey, serious about their journey towards God, do not want to be called Christians. And they'd be horrified by being given that name. If the final destination of peace with God is labelled Christian, then they think it's not for them. I mean, they really want to be on God's road, not their own, and they really want to find peace with God, but they just hate the idea of wearing a label that marks them as Christian. Well, I've got to say, sometimes it is possible to get rather hung up about labels. So let's see if we can sort this one out. What is the truth about this this word Christian and what it means? A lot of mistakes. There are a lot of mistakes about uh, The word Christian, the word Christian gets bandied about, used, misused in the most remarkable way. There are a number of mistaken ideas about what makes a person a Christian. I talked about a few of these on Friday night. Here are a few others, if you like. There is, for instance, the moral mistake. This is the idea that all good people are Christian. Uh, The idea that being a good person means being a Christian. You know, good person equals Christian. An idea that's probably pretty offensive to the Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists and many others. But it's still a common idea. When a person behaves well, does the right or proper thing, you will still occasionally hear someone remark, oh, that was the Christian thing to do, equating Christian with good. This mistake pops up sometimes when a person is asked if they're a Christian and they reply, well, I try to be. What they mean is they try to be good, trying to behave properly. This notion that Christians are good people is nonsense. None of us can ever be good enough for God. Built into this idea is the belief that we can score a place in heaven, be given a stamp of approval by God just by keeping enough of his rules and being good enough. But what counts as being good enough for God? Well, unless he's dropped his standards lately, God is perfect and requires perfection. Are you perfect? Of course I'm not, you snap angrily, annoyed by the question, no one is perfect, except God. And that means no one comes up to God's standard. If being good got people into heaven, then heaven would be empty. The reason Jesus came to die my death, suffer my punishment and purchase my forgiveness is precisely because I am not capable of being good enough. Jesus said it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. It's in Matthew chapter 9, sentence 12. He went on to add, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And that's in Matthew chapter 9, sentence 13. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. It sounds outrageous to say it, but there is a sense in which all the good people go to hell. Only bad people get to heaven. I mean, of course, that anyone who thinks of themselves as good, as not needing forgiveness or repentance, will end up nursing their smug pride in hell. Only those who realise they have nothing to bring to God except their need will plead forgiveness and will be given heaven. Good enough for God? Not likely. That is the moral mistake. Then there is the belief mistake. This is the notion that anyone who more or less believes in God should be classified as a Christian. But it's rare to find anyone who genuinely doesn't believe in God. Not impossible, but rare. Giving intellectual assent to an idea doesn't make anyone a Christian. The Bible says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. The bit of the Bible that says that is James chapter 2, sentence 19. In other words, mere belief is not enough. That is the belief mistake. Perhaps there are other mistakes about what makes a person a Christian, but the ones that I've listed tonight and on Friday night are enough for the moment. What matters now is identifying the correct answer to the question, what is a Christian? What does this label really mean? 
Well, a Christian is someone who has recognized that Jesus Christ has the right to control their life. Jesus is God's appointed ruler of planet Earth. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus has been shown to be the master of the whole of creation. A Christian is someone who acknowledges that Jesus has the right to control everything in the world, including every life and every part of every life. A Christian is a person who recognizes that he or she is a rebel against the Creator God, against God's appointed ruler and master of the world, Jesus Christ, and that this rebellion deserves judgment and punishment, and faces exactly that in the next life. A Christian is someone who has admitted that the only way to escape punishment and be reconciled with God is through the death of Jesus, and, admitting this, they have turned to God, asked for help, asked for forgiveness and friendship, and a place in God's family, starting here and now, and going on forever. We're talking about what this word Christian really means, and I'm saying to you that a Christian is someone who has closed the deal with God by deliberately, knowingly, consciously turning from their way to God's way and asking Jesus to take over running their life. Without this clear change, it's impossible to be a Christian. And the change is something God does to us, not something we can do for ourselves. All we can do is ask him to do it. That means prayer. To change, to become one of God's people, a Christian, we need to say three things to God. Sorry, thanks and please. We need to tell God we're sorry for ignoring him and rebelling against him. We need to say thank you for the rescue that he offers through the death of his son, Jesus. And we need to say please. Please, we would like this rescue to apply to us. There's no magic formula, but this is the sort of prayer we need to pray, something along these lines. Dear God, I have not acknowledged you as my God. I have not served you as my God. I'm sorry about that. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for coming back to life to give me new life. Please forgive me. Please take over the running of my life, both now and forever. Amen. Something along those lines. That step and that step alone is the way to find peace with God, to find purpose and peace and fulfillment in our journey towards God. That step and that step alone brings us home. A Christian is someone who's taken that step, who has stepped across the line from the kingdom of me into the kingdom of God, from going my own way and calling the shots myself to submitting to God's rule, through Jesus and admitting that he alone has the right to call the shots, who has turned from my road to God's road, that change of direction. To make that clear, let me tell you again, I know I've done this recently, but it's such a good story and it makes it so clear. Let me tell you again the parable of the pilgrim. Pilgrim was travelling down the highway of life when he came to an intersection. It was a Y intersection with two possible roads ahead, one branching off to the right, one branching off to the left, the one to the right, big, broad road, lots of people going down that way, big sign saying the human highway, the one going off to the left, narrower, fewer people going that way, and a signpost saying God's way. The pilgrim's got to decide which way is he going to go. So he has to work it out. So he asked where these two roads led, lead to, and everyone agrees, universal agreement, both roads end at the same place, both end at the river of death. But there's disagreement about what they'll find when they get there. Those heading down God's way say when they reach the river of death, there they will find a ferry, a ferry boat that will take them to the fair city on the far side. Those heading down the human highway have lots of different ideas. Some of them think they might find a ferry boat, and if so, they hope it takes them somewhere nice. 
Others say, no, 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 it's not like that at all. When you get to the end, it's just the end. It's the finish. It's over. Bang, that's it. No more. Snuffed out like a candle. Others say, no, 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 it's not like that at all. When you get to the end, to the river of death, suddenly you get whizzed right back to the beginning and you do it all over again. They disagree with each other so much a fight breaks out. Pilgrim has to raise his voice and say, hang on, hang on, I've got another question. And over, over the voices he says, which road is easy, which is hard? Is the human highway easier or harder? Is the God's way easier or harder? Well, they agree about that. They agree both roads are equally hard, equally difficult. This is a tough world to travel through. Well, then, says Pilgrim, how do you cope? Well, those heading down God's way say we cope in a number of ways. They say, for instance, we try to help each other. On top of which, the king of the fair city on the far side sends us his help to help us help each other. Those travellers going down the human highway, they say, look, the best coping mechanism with the pain and suffering and difficulty of the journey is block it out. Block it out. One man said, when you get home at the end of each day, my son, have a double whiskey. Better still, several double whiskies. I promise you will feel no pain. Others said similar things. They said, indulge your senses, drown out your sorrows. Lots of different ways of doing this. Some said rent a video, phone out for a pizza. Others recommended sex, drugs and rock and roll. Others said, you know, opera, fine wines, gourmet cuisine, all amounted to the same thing. Enjoy it while you can. Block out the pain when it comes. So Pilgrim had to decide. Continue with his friends in the direction with the mass of people, the way he was going, down the human highway, or turn off instead, down God's way. He had to decide which way he will go. Okay, Journey Towards God, part 17, tomorrow night. Here's our thought for the night. From John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.